podcast. I'm so happy I finally learned that song from Sean Mendes, There's Nothing Holding Me Back. For some reason, I've wanted to play that song for a while. I just couldn't figure out quite how to play it. It's not perfect, obviously, but uh, it's happy to play that to start this show. Um, so happy that you're joining us, as always. Um, lots of stuff to talk about on this podcast. A lot of baseball, lots of playoff action going on. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to talk about to start us off, a good friend of mine, uh, from work, uh, Wes, uh, tweeted out, the Red Sox are about to break my sober October six days into the month. Uh, the Red Sox struggling right now. They're down two games to nothing against the Astros. Um, I responded back to him. I said, if it's any consolation, I don't think the Yankees will make it past the Indians either. Uh, so hashtag glass half full. Uh, the, the Indians right now taking care of business against the Yankees as well, 2-0 to zero in that series for the Indians. Um, then, in political news and kind of more economics, uh, the U.S. Commerce Department slapped a 79% duty on Bombardier C-Series planes in the wake of dumping complaint from Boeing. And I was just responding, I said, this doesn't look good. Um, and what's interesting about this is that Bombardier is subsidized by the Canadian federal government and Boeing is subsidized by the US government and uh, there's a really good argument that it's a losing situation for Bombardier because basically Canada's pockets are not as deep for example as the US's pockets when it comes to giving taxpayer money to subsidize your company Um, and then you add on top of that these duties that the US keeps adding on top of Bombardier um, it's really putting them in a tough position and it's putting the federal government in Canada in a really tough position. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I also tweeted, I really hope my investment portfolio does not include Bombardier. My tax dollars have already been lost to that company. So again, you know, I, I just feel like it's a losing cause if you're competing against the U.S. government and the U.S. taxpayers because there's more of them. And there's more, there's deeper pockets there. So I just feel like it's a losing cause right now. Um, Then, going back to hockey, we were talking about hockey in the last podcast. Uh, The Leafs continue to do well. They did really well last night, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, They had a big lead and they blew it. They got tied 5-5, but they came back to their credit and they won 8-5. So really crazy stuff. Uh, Just... The way they're playing offensively is just unbelievable. It's like watching a video game. They're so good. They've got three lines, I think, that can all score. Um, But they did something very, very interesting the other day. They actually picked up from Las Vegas uh, Picard. And Picard is a young goalie that the expansion team, the Vegas Knights, drafted. Uh, And he's a player that played for Team Canada in the World Junior. So he's a guy who has a lot of potential, he's a kid, and the Leafs don't really have depth in goaltending, especially youth in goaltending. So I think this is a great move. I love the fact that he's not actually going to be the backup for the Leafs, that he's going to be starting games for the Marlies, because as a young goalie, I think it's more important that you see some ice time as opposed to just riding the bench. So so I I think that... uh, Hopefully he lives up to his potential. I think it doesn't hurt what the Leafs gave up to get him. 
it's definitely a need for them. A young goalie who can, you know, has has some potential. I think that it was a great pickup. I really like the move that the Leafs made. Um, then I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast, and he had on again uh, Wim Hof. And Wim Hof, for those of you guys that don't know, he's a Dutch guy who has a lot of breathing techniques that helps him to achieve some really crazy world records. Like, this is a guy that will go out almost naked uh, to the top of a mountain when it's snowing and everything. And with his breathing techniques, it's like you'd think he was wearing so many layers of, of clothing and jackets and stuff like that. Um, so he can use his breathing to control things. And what's interesting is uh, he's such a bad motherfucker that they injected him with E. coli. And I'm not joking. They injected him with E. coli and he fought it off with his immune system within 40 minutes. Um, and this was a study I believe he was doing with Harvard, so this isn't like hocus pocus stuff. Uh, and uh, it's just really interesting uh, to see this guy and to hear what he has to say because he's doing some really crazy things just with breathing. Uh, you know, holding his breath for a long period of time, letting it all go. Um, it seems really basic, but. Um, the state of mind that you can reach and stuff like that that he was talking about was really, really fascinating. Um, if you haven't checked out Wim Hof on one of Joe Rogan's podcasts, I recommend the first time he was on rather than the second time, but uh, you can't really go wrong either way. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, speaking of that podcast, there's an interesting quote that Joe Rogan had in it, which I really liked. He said that fire can be your best friend or your worst enemy. If you can control it, it can cook for you. If you can't control it, it will burn your house down. So I thought that was a really good quote. Um, going back to baseball, though, unfortunately, Edwin Encarnacion, as he was running, I think he was trying to steal off of second base, um, he was running back to second base, and he sprained his right ankle. And uh, it did not look good, unfortunately, for the Indians. Uh, to their credit, though, they were able to come back and win that game. But if they have to go without Edwin, that's going to be a really tough go for them. Yeah, he really, I think, helps provide some offense for that group. Um, speaking of interesting things, I did not know that when you do a push-up, uh, so a full push-up, not one like on your knees, like full, full extension, full push-up, you're actually going to be lifting about 64% of your body as you're, you're doing the push-up, as you're coming back down. So 64% of your body weight is what you're actually lifting with the push-up. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, the other thing that was interesting, when I was watching the Yankees-Indians game, uh, I totally forgot, and man, it makes me feel so much older, that it was 10 years ago that they played against each other before in the division series. And it was a game where there were flies and bugs all over the place. Uh, you've probably seen highlights of the game, or you've probably seen the ESPN commercial where they're making fun of it with the lunch uh, pail. It, it, it's crazy that time can fly, pun intended, uh, with all the flies. Um, it's interesting that time can fly that quickly. You know, um, It's already been 10 years since that game. But I'd, I'll never forget that game because it was so crazy. The flies were everywhere. It was bugging the batters. It was bugging the pitchers. It was such a weird, weird situation. Um, going into politics, uh, the Trump administration just decided to give your boss the power 
to deny you birth control coverage because of, quote, moral objections. Uh, so Emmy Bankston tweeted out, no abortion, no birth control, no maternity leave, no health care for your kids, no care for you. This is what a war on women looks like. Um, and I think, unfortunately, I think Emmy's um, right there. I, I don't understand the moves that this Republican group is making. And I don't just blame Trump on this. This is truly um, a pillar of the Republican Party. For some reason, they're against contraceptives, they're against birth control, they're against abortion, they're against all of these things that should be there as a woman's right to choose. Um, and it's just uh, a crazy situation. Like I was watching uh, Saturday Night Live the other night, and uh, they were, when they were doing Weekend Update, uh, Michael Che had a good point. He was saying like, you know, birth control is like a favor for the guys at the end of the day. Uh, he made a joke of it. He was saying like, it's, you know, I, it it's makes my excuse of having like a latex allergy worthwhile, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, but no, like it, it really, it, 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 women go through hell just to use birth control pills um, and, and for them to do something like this and already what they're trying to do with abortion and it's just crazy, man. It makes you wonder, like, the kind of world that you're going to be living in. Um, and in a lot of ways, it feels like that party is behind even the Catholic Church. Like, even the Catholic Church, uh, you know, the Pope has come out and said things that are a little bit more advanced, a little bit more mainstream than what the Republicans are doing. It's like they're taking us back to the Middle Ages with this stuff. And it's just, it's unfortunate because we live in a time where I believe women are, are, are finally starting to uh, gain more of the respect that they deserve, uh, for example, in the workplace, in society, education, all of those things. You know, you're seeing more and more women becoming more and more independent, which is awesome. Um, and again, I don't want to sound like a white knight by any means, or like a, you know, a male feminist or anything like that, but I do strongly disagree with the moves that this Republican Party is making. Um, I don't think that that's being like a male feminist to say those things. I just think, or a white knight in any stretch, I just think it's common sense. It's like, you know, I, I don't understand why this is a priority, especially with everything going on in the world. You know, everything that's going on in the world right now, you're telling me that this is the most important thing? Give me a break. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, Joey Coco Diaz tweeted out something that meant a lot to me. Uh, Joey Coco Diaz is a really good comedian, if you're not, if you're not aware. Uh, he tweeted out, I was reminded this week of something I learned 38 years ago. Hug and tell the people in your life that you love them on a daily basis. And I thought that that was uh, such a good message to send out there. Because um, it's true, like, this week has been devastating. Uh, you know, what has happened in Las Vegas, Tom Petty passing away. At the end of the week, uh, the comedian Ralphie May passed away, which is, I think, where Joy was coming from with this, because that was a friend of his. Um, just a rough week in general, and uh, it reminds you of how precious life is and how short it is, and uh, how really the most important thing in, in life is the friends you have and your family and the people that you love, and, you know, letting them know that, that you love them, um, because you don't know how long you have, and, um, you know, like, 
it would just suck if you, for whatever reason, weren't there, and you didn't have that chance to tell the people that you love that you love them, and they didn't really know that, you know, so I agree totally with what Joey's saying, and, you know, for all of you guys that are watching and listening to this show, I want you guys to know that I really do love you guys as well, um, hopefully I'm tolerable to you guys, I don't know if you love me necessarily, but, you know, if you're watching this podcast or listening, you've probably got some level of affection for this show, uh, I don't know necessarily for me, but, um, any kind of anything like that, like, I can take, um, but yeah, like, um, it's, it's, uh, a really good message there from Joey, especially after a week like this, and I would 100% agree with that, that sentiment, um, David Korn, sticking with politics, uh, was saying, so Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner transferred their email accounts to Trump org after Congress told them not to? That's kind of suspicious, but no one cares about email scandals, right? And I think that's a good point that David makes there, um, because it's easy to forget, I think, sometimes how much of an issue during the election the email scandal was for the Republicans against Hillary, and now you've got Kushner and uh, Ivanka Trump doing the same thing, essentially. In my opinion, maybe even worse, because it's it's an actual Trump organization email, but I, you know, I guess you can equate the two things with Hillary, but, you know, that doesn't make either one of those things forgivable. Um, it's a lapse in judgment for both cases, but it's just interesting to me how it doesn't get the same play with the Republicans as it did when it was Hillary, and I think that that's kind of bullshit. I think people, I think what's wrong with U.S. politics is that people put themselves as, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, and nobody just, like, steps aside and says, you know what, both of these parties are full of shit, and, you know, call them out on their bullshit when they are full of shit, you know? Um, That's the one thing I hope that you guys take away from my podcast, is that, Yes, I'll be harsh on Donald Trump a lot of the times, but I'll also, you know, give a few jabs to the other side as well, the Democrats, because sometimes they do some stupid things too, and I don't agree with some of the things they do either. Um, You know, the last podcast we ended, we were talking about Canadian politics, and I was saying to everybody on the podcast that was listening and watching, you know, I voted for Trudeau, but that doesn't mean that I agree with him, you know, and and I think that that's the kind of mindset that... um, Americans should start to take is that forget about I'm on team Democrat or I'm on team Republican let's just admit to everybody and to ourselves that both of those parties are full of shit just like in Canada the Liberals, NDP and Conservatives, the Black Party the Green Party, all of them they're all full of shit to various degrees Um, to put yourself blindly 100% behind a party I think is very stupid Um, You should be able to be independent. You should be able to um, not be on team whatever. You should be able to see what's going on and and choose for yourself. You know what? This time, these guys are wrong. This time, these guys are more right. Um, It's not a bad thing. It means that you're able to take in information, process it for yourself, and make a decision. I just, I hate how politics for a lot of people has become like identity politics and people just put themselves as, I'm team Republican, or I'm team Democrat, and to never catch me dead voting for the other party, or whatever. That's stupid, because you're not always going to 100% agree with a, with a party on an issue, so you should be able to change. Um, I think 
what's great about Canada and its politics compared to the U.S. is that there's more parties, which means that you've got more choices to choose from. Um, and it also forces parties to have to work together more often, whereas in the U.S. right now, you know, it's just a two-party system and, you know, the Republicans have control of everything, but, you know, that party's so dysfunctional, they're not passing anything anyways. So, you know, I, I think... Um, it would be nice if things changed along those lines. It would be nice if people stopped putting themselves as a staunch Republican or Democrat and started questioning their own party. Um, questioning the other side for sure, but also questioning their own party and not blindly following their party. Um, because they all make mistakes. This is just an example of it. Hillary made mistakes with what she did with the emails. Kushner and Ivanka made mistakes with what they did with their emails. If you can't admit to both of those things, then you're a fool, because it's it's there, it's black and white. It did happen in both cases. Um, to put yourself on a side and to say, well, it's not the same thing, bullshit. It is the same thing, and both people should be called out. Or to all three people, I should say, because it wasn't just Ivanka, Ivanka and Jared and Hillary. All three of them should be criticized about stu stupidity, basically, when it comes to these emails. Um, then there was a really, really cool thing I saw on Twitter, and this is the type of stuff that makes me so excited about social media and the, the, the possibilities of what social media can do for the world. Um, so this was like a, a thread, uh, started with an article from Earther.com that said, could Elon Musk go in and rebuild Puerto Rico's electricity system with independent solar and battery systems. Now the reason for this article, if you recall from a couple of podcasts ago, uh, Tes Tesla, which is Elon Musk's company, uh, is working in southern Australia to create a, a new power grid, a new battery system that would power southern Australia during their time of crisis. That's where the idea came from. So this was just an idea, but it got bigger through social media. So on Twitter, Elon Musk, who obviously has the ability to tweet more than 140 characters on Twitter now, uh, he tweeted out, the Tesla team has done this for many smaller islands around the world, but there is no scalability limit. So it can be done for Puerto Rico too. Such a decision would be made, or would be in the hands of the Puerto Rican government, uh, which is the PUC, any commercial stakeholders, and most importantly, the people of Puerto Rico. So he threw that out there in social media. And what happened was the governor of Puerto Rico reached out to Elon Musk and said that uh, he would be interested in Tesla doing that. Uh, Jason Rush tweeted out, so Elon Musk says that Puerto Rico's power grid can be rebuilt with solar. That's how you really make America great again. Um, and then this video pretty much walks it through it. So Tesla solar technology can help repower Puerto Rico. Hurricane Maria left up to 95% of Puerto Rico without power. The only remaining energy comes from personally owned fuel generators or solar panels. And it could take months to get the island's power fully restored. Elon Musk believes that Tesla solar power could help. And they show the tweet that I already read, so I won't read that again.
So Tesla already powers the entire island in American Samoa. Using only solar panels and Tesla power packs, which can store enough electricity for three days. So far, Musk's offer is being well received. Puerto Rico's governor tweeted, Let's talk. Do you want to show the world the power and scalability of Tesla technologies? Puerto Rico could be the flagship project. So really, really cool stuff going on. And all of this through social media, all of this through Twitter, which really shows the power and the potential, the possibility of, of good things in the world through social media, um, which is great because I think a lot of times people associate social media with just trolling and nastiness. Look no further than Donald Trump's tweets, if you know what I mean. But um, yeah, like it's great to see something like social media, like Twitter being used for good uh, for the people of Puerto Rico like that. I think that that's, awesome. that's so cool. I had to share that on the podcast. Um, so staying with politics, um, one of my favorite presidents in U.S. history, um, it's hard for me to decide on a 100% favorite. Um, I was a huge fan of Abraham Lincoln. I was also a huge fan of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Both of them were presidents during such difficult times in U.S. history. That's why I can't really put one over the other, but I think they were both just equally so important to the history of the United States. Um, with what they were able to achieve and it goes without saying but to prove that point Uberfax tweeted out that in his first 100 days as president Franklin Delano Roosevelt passed 76 bills into law more than any of his successors so any of the presidents that came after FDR none of them passed as many bills in Congress as FDR now People talk about Donald Trump with his executive orders. That's not the same thing. Executive orders is just the president declaring something and signing off on it. It is not the same thing as passing a bill into law. Passing a bill into law requires Congress, so the House and Senate, to pass the bill to become law so that the president can sign off on it. So, so far, President Trump hasn't really had much of anything passed in Congress, with the exception of the hurricane relief bills that he signed into law. Um, that's it, you know? Um, so anybody that would ever even try to compare Donald Trump to FDR, like, give me a break, it's not even close. Keep in mind, FDR was the president during the Great Depression and during the start of World War II. So in that sense, the guy's already untouchable, what he was able to accomplish. Keep in mind that he was elected into office so many times um, you know, it can never be done again with the amendments that have been made, but uh, he was the right guy for the right time. And what's scary to me about U.S. politics nowadays is could somebody like him ever be president in today's world? I don't think so, because everybody cares so much about how people look and bullshit like that. You know, can a guy who's got polio, who's in a wheelchair, um, who talk, talks kind of funny, can he be elected president in today's world? Probably not, because people would be superficial and they would vote based on how he looks, which I think is a mistake, because FDR was one of the great, greatest presidents in US history. Uh, same thing with Abraham Lincoln. You know, uh, he was a really tall, really skinny guy. Uh, you know, everybody knows about his beard without the mustache, um, look that he had. Um, you know, could he have been elected? with the stovetop hat and everything, like, 
you know, it's 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 kind of sad uh, to think that if you plug those types of characters into today's world, running for president, they probably wouldn't even get a chance at being elected because people would just look at them superficially instead of looking at the content of their character and and their ideas for the country, which for both of them, they set the course for what this country became. Um, and I know the way the world is now and the way the U.S. is now, that's not saying a lot, but I'm not necessarily talking about how it is specifically right now. I'm talking about the idea of America. I'm talking about the American dream, um, you know, the, the, the values, the ideals of what America should be were made very much by people like Abraham Lincoln and FDR, and I don't think people should forget that. They were by far, in my opinion, uh, the two best presidents um, that the U.S. has ever had. Um, for those wondering, because obviously this is Canada and I'm a Canadian citizen as, as well, um, for me when it comes to prime ministers, the greatest Canadian prime minister in my opinion was Lester B. Pearson. You think of uh, what he was able to do with health care, you think of the Canadian flag itself was made under his run as prime minister. Um, just so much stuff with Lester B. Pearson and he did it with a minority government as well. Um, I, I just think it's not even close. Lester B. Pearson was probably the greatest prime minister in Canadian history as well. So just to throw that out there, I know sometimes Canada doesn't get as much love on this podcast because I focus so much on the U.S. Um, some of you guys might have been wondering, well, hey, what does this guy think about Canadian politics and you know the best Canadian prime minister? For me, for sure, Lester B. Pearson had to have been that guy. Uh, just like in the U.S. with a question, Abraham Lincoln and FDR. Um, it's just a little bit harder for me in the U.S. because, again, I can't put one of those guys over the other. I have to say those two because, to me, their accomplishments and during such difficult times, uh, the Civil War, segregation, slavery under Abraham Lincoln, uh, the Great Depression, World War II with FDR, um, just what they had to overcome and what they were able to achieve despite those issues was unbelievable um, and thank goodness for that country that those were the men that were in charge at those times because you wonder what would have happened if it was somebody who couldn't have been like those guys and I don't think anybody could have been um, it was just the right people at the right time uh, for that country um, but going back to sports, there was a really interesting saying that I read that I, I thought was really cool I wanted to share on the podcast. Uh, special players make special plays on special days. Uh, so basically, you know, big-time big players play big when the game is big. I thought that that was a really cool saying, but I like that saying better. Like, special players make special plays on special days. Uh, really cool saying, because it rhymes, obviously. Um, then there was an interesting thought, uh, this was from Bill Maher's show, uh, Real Time, and uh, I agree with it, but it's funny because I'm guilty of saying it myself on this podcast, uh, talking about thoughts and prayers. Um, he was saying thoughts and prayers, thoughts are the opposite of prayers, and that phrase is the Republican way of saying tough shit. So, 
when he said that, I was laughing and chuckling to myself because in a way, I think he's right. Um, you know, but I think when it comes to that saying, like thoughts and prayers, I think what it boils down to is sincerity. I think when somebody says that phrase, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with so-and-so, how they say it is the most important thing. Um, because if it's sincere, and you know that it's sincere and they mean it, then it means something. But if they're saying it like what Bill Maher is saying, that they're basically just saying it as a way to brush the issue off and say, oh, tough shit. My thoughts and prayers are with the people of Las Vegas, but when it comes to gun issues, I'm not going to talk about it. When it comes to mental health issues, I'm not going to talk about it. That I can understand. But, you know, I think if it's sincere and it's a genuine feeling and you really do have your thoughts and, you know, if you're a religious person, you have your prayers with victims of an, of an issue like that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that that's sincere, that's genuine. Um, but I agree with Bill Maher when it comes to that sense. Like, if it's being said just as in a political way to brush aside the issue and to not even address the issue, that is pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, interesting tweet from Uberfax. The CIA has just put almost 13 million pages of declassified uh, documents online. Many of them are linked to Vietnam, Korean, and Cold War. So... This is going to be an interesting month because, as I've already talked about on the podcast a few times, October 26th is when the government will be declassifying information about JFK's assassination. Now you've got, at the same time, declassified information about Vietnam, about the Vietnam, Korean, and the Cold War. Um, this is a very interesting time in terms of information being released. Now, What's really interesting is going to be to see how much of the documents still have redactions or have stuff blacked out, um, but um, it'll be interesting to see if anything comes to light, any new information, and obviously there's 13 million pages of declassified information, so it's going to take some time for people to dig into it and to start talking about it, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. Uh, then. I definitely wanted to say to all of my Canadian friends and all of my Canadian viewers and listeners uh, that I wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and for all of my American friends and American viewers and listeners, uh, I wanted to wish you guys a happy Columbus Day weekend. But wait, you guys actually still celebrate that guy after all, everything we know about him now? No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I wish you guys a happy Columbus Day as well. Um, then... One of the big things from yesterday as well was the UFC 216 event. Um, and Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson just had an unbelievable title defense. Um, he is without question, and he has been for some time in my mind, one of the greatest of all time when it comes to mixed martial arts. And unfortunately, he is so good in his division, his, his weight class, that he's, he just embarrasses his competition so much that he doesn't get the attention that he deserves. I don't think even after last night he gets the attention that he deserves. He is without a doubt the greatest of all time, um, or at least one of the greatest of all times, if you're into that argument. Um, but I, what I hate about it 
is that he, in my opinion, has been an unsung hero of mixed martial arts because of that. And because of that, you know, he hasn't always had the big main event matches on pay-per-views. He's had so many fights on uh, free TV, Fox, Fox Sports 1, FX. Um, it's, It's sad because, like, what he's capable of, he should have had much higher paydays than what he's had. But what was really cool about the fight that he had uh, at UFC 216 is what he was able to do because he threw the guy up and he threw him up into an arm bar, which is something that I've never seen. I don't think anybody in the UFC has seen before. It was incredible. And it goes to show you like how talented uh, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse is. Um, just unbelievable talent, uh, what he was able to achieve there. Um, so Demetrius Johnson also uh, broke the record for the most consecutive UFC title defenses. And again, that goes to my point earlier, he's so dominant in his division, in his weight class, that it just goes unnoticed. And hopefully, uh, with the way he was able to finish that fight, and the fact that he broke that record, it will give him more attention. It will give more of a spotlight to him because if there's anybody that deserves it, it's him. I mean, it's not just how he fights and what he's achieved. To me, it's who he is. Um, If you've ever seen him, he's been interviewed so many times on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's such a modest guy, such a humble guy. Uh, It's another another reason why I like him so much. Uh, He's just a really cool guy. You know, nothing about him is arrogant. He's not an ignorant person. He's just very laid back, very cool, uh, very respectful, um, very humble guy. And especially in mixed martial arts, you don't always see that um, because it seems like the more celebrated people in mixed martial arts are the more uh, boisterous ones. You know, you think about Conor McGregor, you think about, um, you know, uh, John Bones Jones, um, you go down the list, you know, even Ronda Rousey to an extent, you know, she even was saying she likes playing the heel or the bad guy, she likes being the antagonist, you know, um, so like those are the guys that get the most attention, um, it's not always the people that are technically strong, you know, um, I think one of the few times where that happened was if you think about like George St. Pierre, um, he, you know, obviously being a French-speaking guy, who's capable of speaking English, he wasn't the best guy on the mic, you know, he wasn't necessarily the best guy in terms of promoting the fight that way, but his technical skill shone through, people saw through that, uh, the fact that he wasn't the most charismatic guy, but they saw his technical skills, and people loved his technical skills, and they recognized him. I hope that Demetrius Johnson gets that opportunity to be recognized at that level, because he should be. Um, He is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. And, you know, when it comes to fighting, boxing, uh, pro wrestling, I know it's not a real sport, but, um, you know, MMA, a lot of times there's that argument like pound for pound, who is the greatest fighter, right? And if you're literally talking about pound for pound, I don't think you can argue with Demetrius Johnson being the greatest of all time and being the best pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC and mixed martial arts, period. Um, Just an unbelievable talent. It's just, 
I don't know, for me, because I'm such a big fan of his, it's almost heartbreaking how much money he hasn't been getting with his fights because he is so good, how much attention he hasn't been getting when he deserves it. Um, all those things are sort of disappointing to me, but what I like about him again is that he doesn't even really care about any of that, you know, where I think most fighters would be obsessing about that type of thing. Uh, he just continues to do his thing. And I, I love that about him. I, I respect the hell out of him in that sense. And uh, I was so happy to see what he was able to achieve there uh, with that unbelievable move, jumping into the arm bar, tossing his opponent into the arm bar, and then now having the most consecutive uh, title defenses. Just unbelievable achievements uh, from a well-deserving guy like Demetrius Johnson. Um, so going back to Donald Trump because how many podcasts can you have without going into anything with Donald Trump he tweeted out saying that uh, this is a second tweet uh, saying that it hasn't worked talking about North Korea uh, agreements violated before the ink was dry making fools of US negotiators sorry but only one thing will work and as usual very cryptic message he did not say what that one thing is um, David Axelrod, who used to work for Barack Obama uh, as his campaign strategist, said this isn't an Atlantic City casino deal or an episode of The Apprentice. If you gamble on the crazy man theory and lose, people will die. And I think that that is 100% true. And David Axelrod is not tweeting that just for the sake of politics. He's tweeting that, I think, on behalf of all Americans that are just watching this guy's presidency going, what the fuck is going on with this guy? This guy is a fucking nut job, you know? Um, people used to make fun when the election was going on, I remember it. They were saying, oh, you know, do you really trust uh, Donald Trump with the nuclear bomb and the nuclear codes? And um, I don't think it's that funny anymore. I really don't. I think people worry about it. I think it stresses a lot of people out. I think this guy's whole presidency has become a stress and a burden to everybody, um, with, an, with the exception of the 35% of people in America that, for whatever reason, just continue to cling to this guy. Um, in a way, that's probably the saddest group, that 35% of people that just blindly follow this guy they're only setting themselves up for disappointment and I wish that forget about politics forget about anything else just as, as a, at a human level I wish they could see that before it gets to be too disappointing for them you know because this guy is not doing anything for this country in any sense and you know the sooner that people wake up to that the better um, it just, you go back in time and you're like, how the hell did this happen? How the hell did this guy even make it here? You know, and it shows you how dysfunctional the media is, how dysfunctional government is, um, how much people distrust the government and the media, that they, they literally went to this guy. You know, and people talk about Russia being involved to an extent, but forget about Russia for a second. Like, at the end of the day, he got voted into office and it wasn't because the votes were hacked you can make the argument that russia played around with the media in terms of like what information was being broadcasted to people especially through facebook but that only has so much influence at the end of the day the american people get to decide for themselves who gets to be in that office and they voted for 
this guy. And, you know, I, I go back to a, a, a speech that uh, the Spurs coach, uh, Greg Popovich, gave the other day. You know, I wonder what those people that voted for Trump are thinking right now. Because I know there's a lot of them, and I think Popovich is right about this. I think there's a lot of people that voted for him that regret it. Um, and I feel so bad for those people. Um, you know, the, the burden that they must feel, you know. Um, to a much lesser extent, sometimes I feel that way uh, voting for Trudeau, the Liberals. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on right now, it's not that great. Um, I'd love to see some other options out there for the Canadian people, but, um, you know, there's some days where I look at what's going on with Justin Trudeau and the Liberal government, I'm just like, you've got a huge majority, what are you doing with it? Um, you know, I know there's like an activist Senate now that basically pushes stuff back to the House of Commons in Canada, but come on, man, like you've got a huge majority and what are you doing with it, you know? Um, it seems like such a waste, and, and you see what's going on with the pipeline, you see what's going on with Bombardier, um, there's just a lot of missed opportunities here and there happening, um, what's going on in the economy in Canada, it's just, you know, you look at it and you're just like, things should be better, and I think the same can be said to a much greater scale in, in the U.S., uh, just unbelievable stuff and you know D David's right when it comes to this this isn't a joke this isn't um, some silly matter you're talking about people's lives here whether that's American lives North Korean lives South Korean lives Japanese lives Chinese lives um, anybody's life in, in the world when you're talking about nuclear weapons like this and how it could escalate um, it's not a joking matter and uh, it's, it's disgusting that somebody like this is, is the president and is, is saying bullshit like this. I don't give a damn who you voted for, who you support, which party you're in. If you're supporting those comments from Donald Trump, you too are an asshole because people's lives are not something to poke fun at like that when you're talking about nuclear weapons. Like, some people in the U.S., including the president, need to grow the fuck up because that's not a joking matter in any sense. Um, just absolutely fucking disgusting how this guy does things. As if it's like a fucking TV show, you know? Like, oh, you know, this is the calm before the storm. This is the only thing that will work. Well, what is that one thing? What does the calm before the storm mean? Oh, you'll find out. The fuck? This guy is unbelievable. Uh, so, really cool moment for Saturday Night Live, uh, Jason Aldean, I think that's how you pronounce it, I honestly don't know who he is, uh, saying, uh, Won't Back Down, which is Tom Petty's, one of the many great songs from Tom Petty, um, wasn't the best rendition, I'll be honest, um, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan, as you guys must know by now with the podcast, um, wasn't the best rendition, but I like the sentiment. I like uh, where it was coming from. Uh, of all of the songs that they, that Tom Petty and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers did, uh, Won't Back Down is probably the most fitting one uh, for this week. What happened in Las Vegas, what happened with Tom Petty. Um, I, I think it was a really 
really um, interesting moment uh, on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, a lot of times people watch Saturday Night Live for the comedy. They watch it for, you know, the, the takes, uh, the spoofs on politics. Um, they watch it maybe for the weekend update. Um, but sometimes they do things that it's just like it has a cultural impact. And I think that was one of those things. Now, how many people watch it still? Um, how many people watch that? I don't know. But it definitely, it kind of hits you right there. Even though it wasn't the best rendition of it, I, I gotta be honest. Um, it's always weird when you see like a country singer trying to do like a rock song, um, which is what happened there. But, um, you know, I like the sentiment. I thought that was really nice, really cool moment on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Steve Simmons, who writes for the uh, Toronto Sun for the sports section, he tweeted that the parking lot across from the Air Canada Centre in Toronto is no more, now another Toronto construction site. Um, which I, I'll be honest, I sometimes hate Toronto construction because it's just condos going up. If you live in Toronto, you know what I'm talking about. There's condos going up like fucking everywhere. It seems like the city's always under construction anywhere you go in Toronto. But that, if you've ever walked around the Air Canada Centre, which I do all the time, uh, going to places like Sugar Beach or, you know, going to Jay's Games or going to the Air Canada Centre or just, you know, around the downtown area, um, right by the Air Canada Centre was a huge eyesore of a parking lot and that's what Steve Simmons is talking about here. I actually don't mind that being under construction now. No, I don't know what they're building there. I don't know if it's going to be another you know, multi-level parking lot, a condo most likely, or what the hell it's going to be. But um, I don't think it could be much worse than that parking lot. It was an eyesore. So, you know, I know it was convenient for some people, but, you know. Uh, then, un... un believable in Charlottesville um, the other day white nationalist supporters were back with their torches in front of the Lee statue in Star Charlottesville um, to me it's so disgusting um, that Trump has empowered and emboldened these people so much I say people, but they're assholes, let's be honest. Um, these, he's empowered these assholes so much that they march now without their hoods on because the president is in the White House without his hood on. Um, it's fucking 2017, guys. It's fucking 2017. You know, it, it's fucking 2017. I, I can't believe that this is the shape that the United States is in right now. You know, and I know it's a minority of people. I know it doesn't represent the majority, thank God. But it's enough people where you just look at it and you're like, what the fuck? And I'll be honest with you guys. It's not that I feel anger or hatred towards these people, because to me that would make me just as bad as they are. I just feel sad for them. I, I don't understand how they believe the bullshit that's fed to them that your problems are because of some other person from another race. 
because of the Mexicans or the blacks or the Chinese or whatever. It's total bullshit. Absolute 100% bullshit. It always has been. And it's basically propaganda that you fools have bought into. Congratulations, not only are you an ignorant racist, you're just an ignorant person in general because you've bought into this bullshit that the reason you're being held down is because of another race. Are you fucking kidding me? That's bullshit. You're being held down because of the 1%, because of the people with fucking money, because of the banks and the corporations that do whatever the fuck they please to get profit at your expense. And instead of you being angry and upset and doing things against them, you've bought into their propaganda to turn your attention to somebody else from another race that has nothing to do with your troubles. And for me, as a white person, If anybody has any right, and nobody has any right to be racist, let me just put that out there, but realistically, if anybody has the right to be racist, it's anybody from any other race than someone who is white, and their racism should be directed towards white people because of all of the history, because of all of the bullshit that white people's ancestors, including mine, have put other races through. And if you don't recognize that, if you don't understand that history, then you're a fucking idiot. Because it's real. And it's not that long ago. The civil rights movement was in the fucking 60s and 70s. That's not that long ago. That's a lifetime ago. You know, there's parents that lived through that. There's definitely grandparents that lived through that. And to pretend like that never happened, to pretend like slavery never happened, to pretend like we didn't come to this country, Canada or the US, and take out all of the natives, is just... It's fucking unbelievable, that type of denial. It's like denying that the Holocaust happened. Are you giving, are you fucking serious? Like, it's complete delusion. And let me be clear, like even though I said that statement and I said it to kind of get some type of emotion out of everybody that's watching and listening, let me be clear, I don't believe that there should be any racism, racism, period, from any group to any other group. I think that, uh, like I say, society would be so much better if everybody worked together and realized that, hey, the reason why I'm going through such hard economic times isn't because of some other race, it's because of that 1% that's fucking me over. The banks, the companies, the business people, the people that own all the fucking wealth, they're the problem and I'm sure there's people listening right now watching this going oh John like you're just like a fucking socialist you're just like Bernie Sanders no 
No. Just look at studies, guys. Like, literally, studies have been done about this. The way that the society is right now, where the 1% has all this fucking wealth, it cannot be sustained. The governments cannot be sustained this way. Society itself cannot be sustained this way. It cannot last. So no matter how much people put up with this shit, and how much people just live day to day in whatever fucked up way that they are, because it's not ideal, you know? You work so hard. You work 40 hours, if you're lucky, in a week, just to make ends meet, just to get food on your table for you and your family, just to get a roof over your head. And you're lucky if it's just 40 hours. Sometimes you might be working 60 hours and you don't have a life outside of that. You know? Why? And is that really the best that society can do? You know, we live in the society that we consider to be a modern society, but it hasn't been around that long. It's been around this society, working a nine to five job, it's been around for a little bit more than a hundred years. And with AI and automation and stuff that's coming, and it's only a matter of time before it does, and it takes jobs away, what is the future of society going to be like? So in addition to, for you getting paid less and less compared to the top 1%, when automation and AI takes over more and more things, where does that leave you? Where does that leave society? You know? But yeah, like this, this to me, going back to this in Charlottesville, it's like something that we all wanted to believe doesn't exist anymore. That we've moved past this, you know, for the right reasons. Not moved past it like we're ignoring the past, but that we've become more accepting as a society and, you know, that we're getting better as a society overall. You know, that we're seeing interracial couples, that we're, we're, we're seeing relationships between people of different races, friendships, partnerships, love, uh, as I said, interracial couples. Um, those are the things that represent progress. Those are the things that represent um, hope for the future. And what this does is it peels off a mask of a hideous, hideous ugliness that still exists in the United States right now. And you just wish it would go away, honestly. And by that I mean like however it needs to go away. I just, it, it's the most ugly, ignorant, stupid fucking thing that's there and it's still there and I, I don't understand why it's still there you know it's just so disgusting, disturbing um, and you've got a president that just I don't know you know he just empowers this group by saying nothing or equating groups and saying that they're equal they're not equal they're pieces of shit 
It's that simple. And I say that, but at the same time, it's not that I feel hatred towards them, although to a lesser extent I kind of do, who, who doesn't really, it's more that I just feel sorry for them. You know, I feel sorry that they buy into that shit, that they really do seem to think that, oh, it's some other race that's holding me down. Take some fucking responsibility for yourself, man. Like, the only person that's holding you down is you. And it fucking spits in the face of people that really do have issues based on their race. You think of African Americans and all the fucking challenges that they live in their lives. Um, whether it's like a family that's not together because the father's not there. Um, the economic disadvantages they have when it comes to school trying to get an education past high school, all of those fucking things. They have real issues based on race, and you're basically mocking that, saying like, oh, well, I'm a white person, and black people are doing this, Mexicans are doing that, Jewish people are replacing me. Like, where the fuck is this even coming from? It's all total bullshit, and it's so fucking vile and disgusting. It, it just makes me sick that this shit still exists in the United States because you want to believe that in the year 2017 that we're past this. But unfortunately, there's a small group of idiots out there that still believe this trash. And one of them, unfortunately, is in the White House. And what shows me how fucking dumb these people are is that they were chanting you will not replace us but then they were also chanting that Russia is their friend which shows me exactly how fucking batshit crazy they are and on Twitter I just kind of went into that whole spiel that I went into here um, I never and will never understand the supposed rationale behind this racism that it's another race's fault for your troubles it's such bullshit whenever everybody realizes that and rises together against the one percent the real causes of their problems maybe society can change for the better keep in mind guys that corporations and banks and governments love putting this wedge between people right let me give you a history lesson. The Nazis existed because they got the whole population to believe that all of their problems were because of the Jewish people. How did that turn out for everybody? It's the same shit here. Wake the fuck up. Those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. It's not some other race that's causing your troubles. It's the assholes in charge, the 1%, the banks, the corporations, the governments, the people with the money that are fucking you up. And the sooner you realize that, the better off society will be. Um, then there was this tweet from Tim and Sid saying, Leafs fans right now, and that scene with Jack Nicholson, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, the Leafs looked really hungry uh, according to Darren Dreger last night, and I would agree, eight goals. 
the last two games, they have just been scoring goals left and right, and I have no reason to believe that that's going to stop. And keep in mind, guys, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Winnipeg, they had a shitty defense. The Leafs last night were playing the Rangers, and the guy in that was Henrik Lundqvist. Henrik the King Lundqvist, guys. I'm just saying. Um... Uberfax tweeted out that scientists discovered a brand new solar system that could support alien life, so that's pretty cool. You hear that every so often, but, you know, anytime you hear it, it's pretty cool. Um, my friend Mike tweeted out, I wonder if they're gonna break up the Nationals once they choke again in the NLDS. I responded, they might as well, because I'd be shocked if Bryce Harper returns after 2018 anyways. Uh, they'll probably, Harper will probably sign with the Yankees if you believe the hype. A lot of rumors that the Yankees are going to go deep uh, into that free agent season and they're going to go after Harper, they're going to go after Machado, maybe Donaldson. Um, and I have reason to believe that they will. If you look at what happened the last time the Yankees had a dynasty with Jeter and all those guys, they had a group of people that they built from their own farm system they have that now. Judge, Sanchez, uh, Didi Gregorius, so many players that they've built up themselves. And then they added pieces to it back then. They could do the same thing now with Harper, Machado, Donaldson, players like that. God knows they've got the money and they've been sitting on money for a while. I have to believe that the Yankees will be active at some point. And if they go deep with that, They'll, they'll be a contender. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, Make yourself a priority. At the end of the day, you are your longest commitment. And I think that's a really, really good point. Uh, Billionaire Mindset also tweeted out, Stop allowing your day-to-day -day life to be clouded by busy nothingness. I think we're all guilty of that. I know I'm guilty of that. Um, I would agree with that. Uh, going into MMA, because we don't really get a chance to talk about MMA that much, but obviously there was the UFC event uh, the other day. Also, uh, Bellator kickboxing. And I've kind of gotten into this uh, because of a lot of uh, Joe Rogan podcasts. I've been watching all the guests that he's had on that are kickboxers and uh, Muay Thai fighters. And um, some of them were doing really well the other night. Uh, Joe Schilling, who's been on Joe's podcast quite a few times, got a uh, technical knockout win over Najib Adali, uh, and this was at Bellator Kickboxing 7 event, so really cool stuff there. And again, you know, his saying, you can't stop crazy, I think that's an awesome saying, by the way. Um, then another guy that he's had on, uh, Kevin Ross, uh, also known as the Soul Assassin, uh, he had a really inspiring performance, and he became the first ever Bellator Kickboxing featherweight champion uh, so congratulations to both of those guys really cool stuff and really cool to see Bellator giving kickboxing and Muay Thai uh, a platform like this um, it's really really cool and uh, you know some really great athletes like those two guys Joe Schilling and Kevin Ross and uh, it'll be interesting to see like where this goes um, but it, it's very exciting uh, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're a fan of UFC and mixed martial arts, I highly recommend starting to get into this because 
This is some really, really entertaining stuff. Uh, Billionaire Mindset also tweeted out, if you're struggling, that means that you're progressing. I think that that's a really good uh, thing as well. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that research shows that more than 60% of jobs and 30% of business activities could be could be automated today and that goes back to my point earlier in the podcast what will happen to society when AI takes over and replaces jobs that's going to be a major turning point and it's not like it's that far away guys as they're saying right there as of today 60% of jobs could be wiped out through automation some crazy stuff there. Uh, Stubbornly Me tweeted out, Stop me if you've heard this one before. The Nationals are the top seed, and they're losing in the first round of the playoffs. Chokers. Uh, Yes. Keep in mind they're playing the Cubs. I don't really think they've got a shot, but we'll see what happens. Then a really crazy story, Uh, this was out of Washington, uh, near Seattle. Uh, The rapper, I'm a big fan of uh, Nelly, Uh, Nelly was arrested in Auburn, Washington on allegations of second degree rape, I believe outside of a Walmart actually. Um, And when I heard that story, I couldn't help but make a joke, I said worse yet, Nelly's defense was that it was getting hot in there, I had to make that joke cheesy I know but um, you shouldn't make fun of rape I know I'm sorry I don't want to contribute to rape culture for anybody that's like that comedian that's always on Joe Rogan's pie I can't think of the guy's name but uh, he says that if you even joke about rape you're contributing to rape culture so I hate to do that it's just a joke give me a break um, Donald Trump tweeted and only Donald Trump can tweet this. More and more people are suggesting that Republicans and me, it's always about him, should be given equal time on TV when you look at the one-sided coverage. That's a statement, but he ends it with a question mark. So I tweeted back, I said, a statement shouldn't end with a question mark, Donnie. I know you're an old man, but it's basic grammar, son. On the flip side, and this is where Donald Trump is like a fucking, it's crazy. He tweeted out, I called Chuck Schumer yesterday to see if the Democrats want to do a great health care bill. Obamacare is badly broken, big premiums, who knows? So, as nuts as this guy is, every once in a while, and again, a broken clock is always right twice a day, he does something that's interesting, and in this sense, he's trying to work with the Democrats, it looks like, to try to get something done with health care. That would be a good thing for the American people, I think, but we'll see what happens. Um, then another really good brain dropping I had, uh, success is doing something the best that you can, not the reaction that it gets. So I thought that that was a really good thing to, to pass along on the podcast. Um, Uberfax tweeted out, and we'll end the podcast on this, uh, people in the most successful marriages spend an average of five or more hours a week being together and talking. 
I read that and I was so depressed. And I hate to end the podcast on a depressing note like that, but that's like su- shocking and surprisingly sad. A married couple that's considered a successful married couple in today's world spends as little as five hours a week talking and being with each other. Man. Um, I I hate ending the podcast on a sour note like that, but, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the next podcast will, will pick things up again. Um, we had a lot of great stuff to talk about on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, I've got a big blister on my finger. From finally, you know, playing around and trying to figure out how to play that song. There's nothing holding me back from Shawn Mendes, but I'm glad that I did. I love getting blisters on my fingers because it means I'm getting calluses, which means slowly but surely I'm getting better playing the guitar. Hopefully you guys have noticed that too. Uh, I know the first few episodes, the guitar playing was kind of uh, iffy. Tempo is a little bit slow uh, as I try to figure out how to play the guitar again. It's been a while since I've played, to be honest. Um, but I love doing it because it gives the podcast a unique feel. It's something different. I don't really see other podcasts doing that to start the show. They always use like some generic music or some bullshit like that. I, I like giving it that fresh feel and, you know, an actual person, me, playing the, an acoustic guitar, giving you guys like different songs to start off the podcast. I think it's like a really cool thing to do. Um, and, and that particular song... I know it's more of a pop song, so people that watch the podcast usually be like, what the fuck, John? Like, usually you play rock songs. Like, why the fuck are you playing Shawn Mendes? You. Why are you playing, uh, you know, a pop song like that? I'll be honest, guys. Like, I listen to so much music. A lot of people that watch the podcast know me. Like, uh, my music interests vary uh, so much. Uh, I listen to pretty much everything. Um, So... Yeah, like that song I've always liked because I like the guitar riff. And obviously, it's a kind of difficult song to play. Uh, not really that difficult, but um, it'll give you blisters if you're playing it right. Um, so I, I, I will treasure this blister because, uh, again, it'll give me calluses, which will help me play the guitar better. Uh, the more you play it, the better you get. But um, yeah, it's just a cool song. I love the riff. Um, I'll probably play it off the show as well, just because I like the song so much. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast episode as well. I know I did. Um, And again, you know, uh, for all the Canadian viewers and listeners, I want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving, happy and healthy Thanksgiving with your families and friends. And uh, for all of my American friends and listeners and viewers, I want to wish you guys a happy Columbus Day as well. Uh, So thanks so much for watching, guys. And I will see you guys on the next episode.